I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is in the chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. We're coming to you live from the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Stephen Fonte, Pauly Sebelia with you up until 2 o'clock. We will have Dan, the owner of the Wildcat Sports Pub, joining us here at 1230. Gary Hahn, the voice of the NC State Wolfpack at 1 o'clock. Mike Monaco will be calling the game on the ACC Network. He will join us at 1.30 as we get you set for Syracuse NC State We'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. How are you today, Paulie? Good. I am good. Glad to be out of the Wildcat. And we do wear strikingly similar shirts every day, and I don't know how, how we do it. But I'm looking at us on the screen, and uh, Q Sports talking. We Look, dress looks, like we meant to, uh, looks like we meant to do this, but we didn't. It is a uh, big, big football game coming up in the Dome, Steve. It and is. It appears... Uh, Syracuse as a community has embraced it. Well, we said, you know, it would be nice to see 40,000 plus. And uh, according to Cuse Athletics, they have tweeted out today that there are only 1,500 tickets about uh, still left. So you're talking. It's a lot of people. You're talking 48,000 right now, uh, if you go by those numbers. Um, so we're going we're gonna to get that big game atmosphere that, that, we were, uh, that we were asking for. If they win this game. Where would you put that amongst, like, biggest wins in the Dome? Like, or do you have to wait till after the season to find out? Because are we learning like we did going into the season with the schedule that maybe this well won't be as good of a win? If you're talking about isolated games, you know, I don't think it cracks. Like, it... Like, I can't imagine it going above the... Uh, like the Texas game or the Florida game. Well, right, I'm saying and it's not going above Nebraska. It's not going above uh, the two-point conversion in 87, West Virginia game. Right, it's not even, in terms of individual games, it, it's not bigger than beating the number two ranked team in the country when Clemson came to town and, and they knocked him off with Eric Dungy. But in terms of significance, you know, if they win, they go 6-0. and um, and, and you wonder what this season can then turn into. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, this, this would be an enormous win for this program, not necessarily on face value of, wow, they beat that particular team. Like, we remember the Nebraska game because of the opponent. We remember, you know, Eric Dungy beating Clemson because of the opponent. It's not so much about the opponent. This is a good opponent, but it's more so about big game atmosphere, being 6-0, and and, I mean, it, it's, it's more so about what would come with the victory not as much about the individual opponent that they would be beating. It's going to be a big, like, loud game. I'm trying to think of big crowds recently that were that big. I mean, the last the Cle every time Clemson comes, it's a big crowd. But I remember the West Virginia game when uh, Greg Robinson's first game. Oh, yeah. What a disappointment that was. Nuts atmosphere. It was a nuts atmosphere. That was a really boring game, though. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean... 
This is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun in the Carrier Dome. So when they beat Clemson in 2017, uh, the recorded attendance, according to the media guide, 42,475. Um, now, when Notre Dame This came is a here, bigger crowd than that. When Notre Dame came here... Uh, no, because that, that they see that's not here. That was it. That was at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Um, okay. that, that was a good crowd, but that was not here. So, uh, you know, it's yes, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a big game atmosphere. And it's it, for once, it's not going to be the opponent invading the dome. And it's because Notre Dame's here or Penn State's here or Clemson is here. It's going to be because Syracuse is is five and zero. Oh, and it's, you know, the first meeting of ranked opponents inside the dome, you know, going on 20 plus years. Yeah, this is uh this has a basketball feel to it. Yeah. This has a Syracuse Duke, a Syracuse, you know, North Carolina, Georgetown, Yukon feel to it. And it's been it's been a while since we could say that about a Syracuse football game. And I'm genuinely interested to I was gonna say to see, but it's more so to hear. I'm I'm genuinely interested to hear the noise volume in the dome Saturday because there's no doubt the acoustics are different in there, right? The the acoustics with the fixed roof, it's it's different, and I do think it's louder with less people. We've seen crowds of 35, 36, 37,000 this year, and it's it's been really loud. You pack another 10,000 folks in the building, um, I, I'm genuinely curious to, to hear and see and feel what that sounds like, and we're going to get the opportunity to do that. I'm looking forward to it, Steve. Do you think... Uh like it's a winnable game, right? Yes, yes, it is. It is, and I mean, Vegas obviously thinks that as well. They installed Syracuse as a favorite. Now, some of that I'm sure has to do with the uncertainty surrounding Devin Leary. We don't know if he's going to play or not. You know, I, I said earlier in the week I would be surprised. I suppose there's a chance. You know, you said, well, maybe it's a smokescreen. You know, he they had his arm in a sling just out as, as a precaution, and his X-ray and MRI they were good, and and so maybe and, and you're right, maybe he will play. I. I I would be surprised if he does, but maybe he plays. I think even if he plays, I think it's a winnable game. You know, he's the ACC preseason player of the year. He's had a mediocre year by his standards to date. Like that, they're not winning because of their offense; they're winning because of their defense. And they're, you know, they were able to in that second half use good field position, run the football. You know, their defense kept Florida State out of the end zone uh, at the at the very end. Came up with a big interception, and they won that game. But you know, between the game on Saturday against Florida State and the game to kick off the year against East Carolina. You know this team could be three and three right now. They're they're five and one, and they've been fortunate. They've won two really close games in East Carolina and Florida State. But some of that was the opponent. East Carolina missed a field goal. There was a very makeable chip shot field goal. They missed it. NC State wins, and then we saw what happened on Saturday, where Florida State's in field goal range, down by two. You know, there's a miscommunication between the quarterback and receiver. There's an interception, and NC State benefits from that, and they win. And and that's not too different than what we're seeing with Syracuse, right? I mean they. Very easily could have lost the Purdue game. They very easily could have lost the Virginia game. You could be looking at a team that's three and two right now, but they're not. They've taken advantage of the opportunities, and and they're five and zero. Oh, and you've got NC State with only one loss, and and as a result, we've got this enormous game on our hands. That's right. And I'm looking big picture too. Like uh, I think we had Mike McAllister on a few weeks ago, and he said there's going to be recruits at every game, right? And right, this one's going to have. 45,000 people in the carrier in the JMA wireless dome. I'll get used to that eventually and if they can pull off a win and that place is electric, 
That helps. Yeah, it's it on helps. national television and. You know. And then it sets up, you know, a game that we already know is going to be on national TV, ABC. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it picked up the game, and you know, we'll have it on Channel Nine, the Syracuse Clemson game, and it, you know, it 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 sets the table for even more visibility and exposure for this program moving forward. And so, it is a big deal. You you mentioned there's there's future players on on campus are going to be at this game there's a lot of former players that are coming back for this game as well and you know as we saw yesterday we didn't really talk about this on the show yesterday but you know chandler jones and art jones you know announcing a gift of you know seven figure gift yesterday to su athletics again i think that all feeds into it right if you can if you make the past players uh feel invested in the program again and if they're in the building and they see forty eight thousand plus and and a syracuse win it it just it, it helps for a lot of reasons right it helps the the, the former players feel invested, you know, hopefully brings future players here and, and impresses the recruits, and obviously the current team would get a whole lot of momentum. They would be bowl eligible if they get this win. This game means so much for so many reasons. I would like a seven-figure gift. Can you get the Joneses on the phone for <laughs> Maybe me? Maybe you can talk to them on Saturday. <laughs> Maybe you can... I am looking for some upgrades in my living room. <laughs> Don't even need seven figures. Five <laughs> figures would be fine, right? Yeah, right. Do you take a five-figure gift? Literally keeping up with the Joneses at Syracuse. Yes. Oh, well played. Well played. Um, but, again, and it's not to say they can't lose this game. We know that they can. I mean, we know NC State's good, and they. And if they lose, all is not lost. They yes. may lose these next two. Yeah. All is not lost. They may lose the next three. Right. Or more. The se- who I mean, who they, knows? They've got five wins. The season's... That there's, they're playing for something every game for the right. rest of the year. Right. And we talked about that. This start has... And the prize is, the more you don't lose, the prize you're playing for is bigger. It's in it. Bowl game's bigger. The payout's bigger. Captain Fun loves it. Yeah. The exposure, the visibility, all of that. Uh, again, the more you win, you're right. All of that gets ramped up. So, got to take it one at a time. I think this team, you know, we've discussed this on the show. I think this team has done a nice job taking it week by week and not getting too far ahead of themselves. Um, and they've had a couple weeks to think about this one now. They had the Wagner game. They had the bye week. And, uh, and they come into this one theoretically fresh. And NC State theoretically is not playing Clemson and Florida State back-to-back weeks. So we'll see how much you know, that helps or hurts you know, these two teams on Saturday. And, and I've pointed this out as well. This is only the second time since Dino's been here that the game coming off a of bye week for Syracuse is at home. And I think that matters to some degree in terms of shaking off the rust and coming out and playing well. The only other time they did it uh, was the North Carolina game, that double overtime with the Tommy DeVito game. I think, you know, I think we would all agree that was Tommy DeVito's uh, you know, big highlight in a Syracuse uniform was engineering that rally when Eric Dungy wasn't here, uh, or wasn't effective, rather. Um, but that is, that's the one time they've had a home game coming off a of bye week since Dino's been here, and I, I do think that that matters as well, and, and that'll be, uh, that'll be beneficial. I'm sick of talking about this, Steve. Let's go. Let's kick it off right now. I wish we could. I wish we, we could. We've 24, 48 hours. 48. It's only Thursday. Yeah, I know. We've got 24 more hours oh, you were tomorrow. Adding, you were adding out loud? 24 had, and 24? Yeah, I was saying tomorrow we've got 24 um, more hours. Man. Yeah. yeah we've got to do a whole other show just talking about a crowd. <laughs> It, it is exciting, though. It is exciting. And this, you know, on the day, uh, the day after ACC Media Day where basketball is back and, you know, tomorrow We is, don't talk uh, about basketball. You know, yet. tomorrow's this event inside the Dome. And, you know, the, the focus, though, is, is on football as well as it, it you know, it, it should be right now. It should be about football. It's nice that we don't have to turn the page to basketball. You know, I'm going to, next segment, Steve, I'm going to tell you, Captain Fun finds something not fun next segment. Well, we'll discuss that. Really? It's a sports thing, yeah. 
I'll, I'll tell you, that that's was a, a great tease. tease. That's, that's a great, a great tease. Because now I'm curious. I want to come back and find I out t- what we're talking about. I tell about. you, something isn't fun. Today, uh-huh. uh, the artist of the day is Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Uh, Tusk was released yesterday, but so was Kick So by NXS. So I had to split them up. And you notice, uh, do you notice there's a national show and one of my favorite radio hosts who was booked for another show by our producer, Jordan? It's kind of stealing a lot of our ideas. I've noticed that. You've pointed that out day by day. He, today he was playing. I was going to do Paul Simon tomorrow to celebrate his birthday, which is today. And Greeny's playing all Paul Simon bumps. So why can't we as well? Not everybody who listens to us listens to Greeny. No, you just can't keep. You can't go two days of nothing but Paul Simon. That's, that's uh, excessive. Okay. So I'll have to find another artist of the day. All right. But it's Fleetwood Mac Day today. See, if you had announced it last week and said, all right, these are our artists of the day for next week and just laid it all out, then we would have claimed Paul I Simon. I feel as if Jordan, our producer, who is kind of a, a traitor, you know, we call him loose lips. <laughs> I feel, you know, he's not, if he, he wouldn't be good in the mafia. I kind of leaked him the... Uh, I see. I gave him the whole month of October's Artist of the Days, and I think he may have sent it to Greeny. You did that much planning? You've planned out the whole month? Yeah. I find that hard to believe. No, I do. do we, what, what do we have on Halloween? Do you have like the like It's going to be all Halloween, Halloween songs. songs. Good. All yeah. right. Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters, Dead Man's Party. I, I gotta, somebody's watching. Twist? Yeah, no. Somebody's watching me. All right. I want candy, stuff like that. Good, 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 good. All right. I look forward to that. All right, I, I need to find out what we're talking about this next segment, something that is not fun in sports. So we'll take a time out here. Phone lines open uh, until 1230, so if you want to check in, now would be a great time to do so, 315-437-7644. Uh, Dan from the Wildcat Sports Pub joins us at 1230. Gary Hahn at 1, Mike Monaco, 130. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. The artist of the day, Fleetwood Mac, Tusk, released this week. This song, Gypsy, number 12, 1982. I was 10. And I, I think I know the word to like almost every Fleetwood Mac song, Steve. I was singing them in the office today, and people were getting visibly angry at me. Someone slammed a door in my face because I was singing Go Your Own Way. <laughs> and they're like, shut up. And I bet you didn't care at all. No, I didn't. Kept doing your thing. Uh, all right, at least you weren't going uh, through the office singing Hold Me. Oh, that, I, that, that's possible. I got to go back there later. I was singing Little Lies also. Timeless classics. Correct. Um, I love Fleetwood Mac. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to get to what you need to tell us isn't fun about sports here in a moment, but let's uh, sneak in a phone call first. Scooter in Jamesville, up next on the show. Hey, Scooter. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in what Paulie's got too, so I'll make this super quick. Uh, it would be the irony of the whole thing if Syracuse is ranked and Notre Dame isn't when they when they play them in a couple weeks. Since Notre Dame, I, I thought wasn't 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 the top five, and instant when Pittsburgh plays, that so we're still in the top twenty-five, and Pittsburgh isn't. But there's an analogy that you guys like. I, I use when it comes to football. You guys are big golf fans, but you always heard about you drive for show and putt for dough. And yeah. I always thought between the twenties, that's what your show is, and when you make your dough is inside the red zone. And the last couple of games, we've been a little off our game as far as when we got close, as far as maybe play calling a little bit. And it'll be interesting to see what two weeks off what type of play call when we got into the red zone 
And one thing that I noticed is the national trend. I've mentioned it before, and even go back to professional Kansas City and uh, uh, not Kansas City, but the the last Thursday night game between uh, Denver and the Colts. If you throw an incomplete pass on first down, why do you run on second down? Because usually it sets up third and long. And that game, ten ten incomplete passes on first down. They actually ran on second down. You notice that nobody scored a touchdown in that game. In Syracuse, the last game, I noticed we kind of got into that flow. I always wanted to ask, you know, Coach Babers, why, you know, why, why the national trend? Why do you run on second down when you've already now have a second and ten to start with? And I just hope when we get down to the, if we noticed the first two games, we didn't do that. So the, the incomplete pass on first, we still passed on second, and nobody loaded the box on us on second down. So I'm just, it'd be interesting what the play calling is going to be, and I don't think. Uh, when I look at NC State, I agree with you. They were they're a power team first. And remember, they came in with Finley the last time they came in 2018. It was a much publicized quarterback too, and we beat them. So I think even without the NC State quarterback, I think we got a great shot of winning this game too. Scooter, if you'd like to ask Coach Bieber a question, you can do it tonight. As yeah. uh, the American Coach Bieber show is tonight, and uh, you can call in TK99. Yeah. Or it's on sunny tonight. That's right. It's on sunny tonight because of the Yankees baseball game. So if you'd like to call in, you can do that. Okay. I just was just wondering because it's it's just not Syracuse. I'm I'm telling you, if you you had Jordan look up the stats and somewhere incomplete pass, I bet you I bet you nationwide it's seventy five percent. And if I'm having an adult beverage just watching this, I hate to see people making millions of dollars that are coordinators don't notice that and. And it's just to me, it's just it, it just sets up the quarterback in harm's way. And you know, when you blitz on on third down, then you know things bad things happen. And I just if Syracuse can avoid the third down long situations, I think NC State's defense is is the best part of their their team right now. I think, especially if their quarterbacks hurt. That yeah, I don't think there's any any long. doubt about that. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt. And great call, Scooter. We appreciate you checking in. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, they they haven't given up 20 points to anybody outside of Clemson. They gave up 30 to Clemson. Everybody else is 20 points or less. So the defense is definitely the strength of this team, especially when you don't know Devin Leary's situation. To Scooter's question about why teams run on second down when they throw an incomplete pass on first down, my, my best guess is, as to why it's a trend is you want third and manageable. So you throw on first down, it's incomplete. You hope you pick up four, five, six yards on second down, run on the football. Now you've got third and four, third and five, and you hope that it's a little more manageable to pick up that first down. But um, I understand where he's coming from. If you throw all three downs, it's you know it's quick on your defense, and they're right back on the field Sc- after three now. I think Scooter lives his life in dog years because like, he That's says, odd oh, statement. He'll be, he'll be like, I'll be really quick. But it's super long, and he's just—he thinks it's quick because he's living in dog years. Like one year is seven years for Scoot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I will say, uh, as he was—you know—you two were mentioning about the Dino Baber show and what station it's on. Uh, Yankees game has been postponed. Uh, awesome. So, so the Yankees will play tomorrow, uh, just after one o'clock tomorrow. So the, so, the Coach Beaver show will be on TV. Right. That's why I was letting I, you know. So thank, thank you. That's I, awesome. I was just trying to help you do your job there. Uh, okay. So you said that there is something you want to get to that is just not fun about sports, and you teased it in the last segment, and I've been dying to know what this is. All right. I brought this up yesterday. Is like playoff baseball is fun. 
If you've got a dog in the oh, fight, yeah, it's, it's, it's not fun. Stressful. I was stressed for you last night. I was night. sweating on my couch. My dog was scared of me. That was, was a great game for somebody who well, didn't have a I, dog in the fight. Well, that's what I said. That it's was a, a That had to be game. a great baseball it game. Was. But, man, that was stressful. Yes. Like I said, I was stressed for you. Um, I mean, how many opportunities did the Dodgers have? Guys on third with less than two outs and just couldn't, you know, credit to the Padres pitching staff for getting out a lot of those jams. And uh, it was just a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of twists and turns in that game. Yeah, it was stressful. I've. It's been 16 years since my favorite baseball team won a game like that, and it was nuts. And now all of a sudden, it's that's, not that fun. Now all of a sudden, the series is you know very doable, right? Yeah, San Diego's going to be crazy. Yeah, right. Crazy. I was rooting for you last night. Thank you, Steve. Your rooting pushed the Padres over the edge. Did you watch the the whole game? I did. I saw the goose. Yeah, but Jordan brought that up at the rundown. The goose was weird, right? He asked, Jordan asked if that's the. Uh, Greatest animal-related incident in sport? No, no, it's not. Right, the cat. Wasn't there a cat oh, in a yeah. Yankee game? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a squirrel on a football game that Kevin Harlan was calling, yeah. calling the play-by-play. That was a Yankee game, so it made it even bigger, right? There's yeah, a I mean, there's been there's been a lot of situations like that. I I do actually like his bet. His other question on the rundown, I thought was better. He said, "Why did they play with the goose on the field?" That was I the was, first thing I thought. I mean, to, the, the oh. second base umpire is like. Standing right there, and he's like, look, I thought he was going to do something. And he was just like, Like, no. all you got to do is run at it, Yeah, right? right? And it would fly away. Or a te- goose or, like, you ever been, have you ever walked Onondaga Lake Park? Yeah, sure. The 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 goose uh, is an angry bird. Yes. Well, so we have yeah, geese at Channel goose. 9 that, that tend to congregate like, at certain they, times They, of they the will year. hiss at my yes, dog. They will. And they will yeah. run at us. Yeah. And I don't like They're it. very protective. Yeah. So you might want to be careful. Maybe that's why nobody approached it, but... But all I could think of was Randy Johnson. Yeah, right. Like, yes. That goose is going to get hit with a line drive or something, and we're going to have a whole PETA moment. How is the goose not scared? Like, with all those people there and the screaming and yelling and, like, in the middle of the action. It really was. And you know what the worst thing is? Is if you're a fan of the Padres, you're watching that, and if the Dodgers come back, you're going to have to live with that stupid goose right. on TV for the next 20 years because it's going to be the like curse the, of the, ra- goose. the rally goose. <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to, oh, it was brutal. But you got the win. Got the, the win. The goose was not harmed. No. All is well. Now the goose is uh, all over Twitter with the uh, Padres hat on. That's right. So. That's right. Life is good. Now, all you got to do is uh, Dan's coming on, his team, the Phillies. All you got to do is win one game on the road, and it completely changes yeah, right. the, the changes. outcome. The look of the series. The complexion of the series. And the Phillies and the Padres have done that. Yes, they have. Uh, before we move on, we got to get to the call on uh, on FS1 last night. They bother on a feathered friend here. Ducks are very aggressive. I don't know if you know that. I don't. They're very aggressive. And we're going to keep on playing. <laughs> it's a 1-1. If the Dodgers come back and win this, they're going to have a rally duck. The the, the rally duck, rally foul. The the crowd was going crazy when they showed him on the big screen. Look at that thing. That is not a small mallard either. No, indeed. It uh, It was big, and it wasn't moving. It was just chilling on the field. 
shallow, like left center field, like right, right on the other side of uh, you know, between second base and shortstop, and just kind of just chilling there, taking in the game. I forgot to do this uh, at uh, this going into last break, so I'll do it now. Type "I'm in" right now. Go to QSportsTalk.com. Type "I'm in." We'll put your name in a hat. I went out and uh, bought a blaster box, Steve, of Series Two Tops baseball. Okay. The chase cards are Spencer Torkelson, okay. Bobby Wood Jr., and the Julio Rodriguez short print, which sells for $400 raw. Wow. Not rated. So if we can pull that. That would be exciting. Yeah, that would be a big win. And uh, what we'll do is you type I'm in in our Q Sports Talk chat, and we'll draw names out of a hat, and uh, the person we draw could win the blaster box. Have we seen Dan, by the way? Is yeah, he, he was just standing right in front oh, okay. of us. Okay, all right. I was, I, I missed him. All right, so Dan is here. We're going to take a timeout. Uh, back with Dan from the Wildcat Sports Pub. Next, uh, you're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation as we roll into hour number two on Fleetwood Mac Day. Hold me, Steve. No, thank you. No, that's the name of the song. I'll pass. Number four, 1982. Man, there isn't a bad Fleetwood Mac song. No, you're right about that. In excess and Fleetwood Mac back-to-back, you can't go wrong. All right, let's let's kick off our second hour by going right back to the guest line to bring on our next guest today. He is the voice of the NC State Wolfpack. Pleased to be joined now uh, by Gary Hahn as we get you set for this uh, this monster matchup inside the Dome on Saturday. Gary, thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? Great, Steve and Pauly. Good to be with you. Well, good to have you. And, uh, you know, we have to start with the question I'm sure you've been asked like 900 times already this week. Uh, what is the latest on Devin Leary? And is, if there's anything you can share with us, uh, we're, we're very curious whether or not we're going to see him out there. Well, uh, Dave Doran, the Wolfpack head football coach on Monday, said that uh, Leary was just quoting day to day. He could be out one week or six weeks. And uh, so that was pretty vague. Uh, I can tell you, though, that if he's not able to go, uh, uh, the fellow that played quarterback last week uh, will be the man, and that's Jack Chambers. And uh, he is a grad transfer from Charleston Southern who um, engineered a couple of fourth-quarter scoring drives against Florida State that ended up winning the game. Pack was down by two touchdowns, came back and won. Uh, He's a cool-headed veteran. He uh, doesn't have uh, Leary's arm. But he's got mobility, which uh, he's got more mobility than, than Leary has. So I guess there's a trade-off there if indeed he does play. He led the Big South in total offense last year, so he can obviously throw the ball. And I was talking with, uh, before we played uh, East Carolina in the, in the opener this year, I was talking to Jeff Charles, who's my counterpart, and he said, uh, yeah, we played Charleston Southern last year, and we had to hang on to win. If uh, Chambers had had a couple more minutes in that game, he'd have beaten us. So uh, he's obviously uh, capable. And uh, he proved it last week, and that's about all I can tell you at this point. So uh, let's say if Devin Leary doesn't play, and it is Jack Chambers, d- does that change what NC State would need to do on offense? You know, we saw last week. Yes, they came back and won, but they didn't. You know, most of it on the ground, and you know, defense gave them good field position, and and they they obviously grinded that one out. But you, as you said, they're different quarterbacks. So would it be a different offense if Chambers is out there and not Leary? 
I don't think in midseason you can you can change a lot of stuff. I mean, Jack Chambers has been learning this offense since he got here, and uh, it's the NC State offense. So it's up to him to be able to run it. It's up to him to be able to find the wide receivers that he needs to find when he needs to throw it and uh, get the ball to him. And uh, he's going to need to uh, make some plays with his feet, which he's very good doing. I, I think he uh, ran for almost 40 yards uh, last week. Got I remember 20 of it was on a big, uh, I believe it was a third down play that he was able to extend. And uh, so I, I think he actually makes, he adds a new dimension to the state offense that wasn't there before because Devin Leary can run the football but he doesn't normally run that much. He's more of a pro-style pocket uh, quarterback. This guy is a dual threat, and uh, he can hurt you with his legs. Yeah, Dino brought that up at his press conference on Monday. He said, you know, we were getting ready for Devin Leary. Now we're going to have to get ready for a second quarterback. As you said, different styles, so it's going to take away time from, you know, other things that they could be doing at practice. How much do you think that matters, Gary, that a, that a team needs to prepare for, for two quarterbacks instead of one? And, again, not the same kind of quarterback, so they may have to, you know, the Syracuse defense may have two plans of attack in place depending on who they go up against. Well, I don't think it's a real big deal because if you're in the ACC, I mean, you already faced a dual-threat quarterback uh, at, at Louisville, and uh, you know he's one of the he's one of the best in the in the league. So you know these guys are used to playing against these kind of quarterbacks because a lot of teams have them now. And uh, you know if uh, if you can't play against them, it's going to be pretty evident pretty early. So I don't really think it's uh, that big a deal from the Syracuse standpoint. I mean, I, I know they're getting ready for both guys, but. You know, like I say, they already played Louisville, and that game wasn't even close. So, uh, you know, if, if they can handle uh, um, Lee Cunningham, they can handle uh, uh, Jack Chambers. All right, so as you look back on the first half of this season, NC State 5-1, and one, they came in with really high expectations. And, and I, I tell you what, most people would probably have predicted 5-1 and one at this point with, with the loss to Clemson. But, they, you know, they had a close call against East Carolina. They had a close call against Florida State. Both wins, but, you know, maybe not as convincing as some had anticipated. How would you kind of assess, Gary, the, the first half of this season for NC State? And, and have they lived up to the, the preseason hype and the expectations? Well, I think they've done well, and uh, the defense is obviously the strong part of the team. The offense has been evolving since uh, the opening game, and now with uh, Devin Leary questionable for this for this game, uh, there's a little bit more on the offense, I think. But this defense is for real. I'm telling you, it's, it's really, really good. And these uh, these linebackers for uh, for NC State are really, really good. Drake Thomas. And the uh, middle linebacker, Isaiah Moore, and the guy on the other side, Peyton Wilson, uh, I, would, I would say that uh, they could be the best uh, trio of linebackers in the, uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The secondary is very strong. The guys up front are very good. There's depth. And so, um, you know, I really like this NC State defense. And if you've got a good defense, even if your offense is evolving, you can hang in there and win games, and that's what NC State did uh, against uh, Florida State last week. I mean, the pack was down by two touchdowns and just came out in the third quarter, decided they were going to run the football, even with with Devin Leary at uh, quarterback. And then when he got hurt and Jack Chambers came in, they just decided, well, we'll stay with what's working, and that's what worked. And I think for every team, you've got to have even veteran teams. Uh, when uh, you know your offense is evolving, 
and you got a good defense, you got to have a game where, you know, it's a character game. And uh, you need to come back. You need to make the plays you need to make. And NC State's defense shut out Florida State, and that is an explosive offense. They shut them out in the second half and uh, ended up uh, winning the game. So uh, I like this team. I like where it is right now. Obviously, uh, it would be better if the uh, their offense had been clicking and you didn't have the injury to, to Devin Leary. But I still think there are enough veterans on this team that they can overcome. And, and State, State's got good depth. I think that's probably the most depth that Dave Dorn has had since he's been at uh, NC State. And I like that factor about this team, too. Yeah, NC State's had SU's number, winning the last three games, and, and staying on that defensive side of the football, Gary. You know, you look at last year's game, NC State won easily down there in Raleigh, 41-17. Uh, the one thing Syracuse had going for itself on offense was, was Garrett Schrader's legs, not so much his arm, but, but his legs. Um, I, I, is that one of the keys in your mind in this game? I, I, you know, the, the NC State defense against that running attack of Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader, and if they can make Syracuse one-dimensional, that'll that'll play right into NC State's hands? Well, I think the uh, the big wild card is, uh, is obviously Schrader, but it's not so much, to me, it's not so much his legs because everybody knows he can run. Now he can throw. you got uh, Robert Anai, the offensive coordinator, uh, comes in. You got Sean Tucker, one of the best running backs in the uh, in the ACC, if not in all of college football. But you've got Schrader, and he's throwing the ball now uh, more now, and that's uh, an eyes of uh, uh, mo. I mean, he wants to throw the ball, so that makes Syracuse even that much more unpredictable. Last year they were predictable, and that's resulted in uh, the pack scoring 40, 41 points, and uh, the game wasn't close. Uh, this year, you've got an offense that's unpredictable with some dangerous wide receivers. Plus, you've got the ace in the hole back there, Sean Tucker, and you've got uh, running quarterback uh, Garrett Schrader, but now he's completing 71% of his passes. So that makes it even tougher for a good NC State defense because this is an offense, uh, to me, that is a lot uh, less predictable and a lot more unpredictable. And when you've got unpredictability, uh, there you can do a lot of things. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, Gary, I'm curious if uh, if the topic of the, the crowd has come up at all this week uh, down oh, yeah. in Raleigh because, you know, again, last year the game was away for Syracuse. Uh, the last time NC State came here was the COVID year, and there was nobody in attendance. The year before that, it was another game at NC State. So uh, NC State hasn't played here since 2018, and we're expecting, you know, we heard today 48,000-plus uh, inside this, this, this newly renovated building with a fixed roof. It's louder in there these days. I know you haven't been up here uh, since they've had the renovations, but it is, it's a different atmosphere. Have they talked at all about the, the noise and, and that factor come Saturday? Oh, no doubt, because two weeks ago at Clemson, uh, you talk about loud. That was one of the loudest uh, venues that uh, I've I've been in, and I've been doing this now. I think this is my 33rd year at uh, NC State. And uh, the pack did have some communication problems in that game, and they're going to have to iron them out because uh, they don't call the Dome the loud house for nothing. It's going to be loud. It's probably going to be a sellout crowd. Uh, it's going to be an electric atmosphere because the Syracuse fans uh, uh, see their team in the in the top 20. NC State's in the top 20, so the Pack's going to have to do a better job uh, of uh, being able to uh, communicate on on both. Well, 
not so much on defense because Syracuse will have the ball. The crowd won't be that loud. But uh, certainly when NC State has the ball on uh, on offense, because uh, you know I, I expect it to be pretty pretty rough in there uh, when State has the ball. You know, Gary, we're talking around here about this is the biggest game that we've seen in Syracuse. And, I mean, you could make a case for, you know, 20-plus years, uh, given the fact that both teams are ranked. And, you know, the last time that happened, it was 2001, when both teams were ranked in a game uh, inside the Dome. From an NC State perspective, how big of a game is this, you know, given the fact that they, they lost to Clemson, they did beat Florida State, they've got, you know, big goals in mind this year. Is, is this Does this have a big game-type feel to it uh, for the Wolfpack? Yeah, this is playoff football for the pack because of the loss at uh, Clemson. And you go back, uh, probably four plays changed that game. Ended up being a 10-point uh, Clemson win. But State certainly had its chances in that game. And State had a lot of players decide to come back for one reason, and that was to win an ACC championship, which hasn't been accomplished here since, uh, I think, 1979. So uh, they've been talking about that since they started their first winter workout in January. Obviously, losing to Clemson was uh, a, a downer, but nobody's been eliminated yet, at least as far as I know. <laughs> and as long as you're not eliminated, anything can happen in the ACC. I mean, you tell me Georgia Tech fires its head football coach and then wins its next two games. So uh, that just goes to show you how crazy it can be. So uh, for State, they got to keep winning and hope that uh, they can get some help down the way. And uh, their eye is still on that prize. I mean, you talk to the players, and uh, they'll tell you, we still want to win an ACC championship. And then you ask them, well, who's the opponent this week? And they'll tell, it, tell, uh, they'll tell you us. You know, we're, we're the opponent. We, you know, we're not going to beat ourselves. That's the main focus right now for NC State's uh, football team. And um, so far, it's, it, it's paid off. And if, if you take away a couple of three plays in the Clemson game, this might be an undefeated Wolfpack team. Yeah, right. And I guess last one for you along those lines, Gary. What does this game come down to in your mind on Saturday? Well, it's gonna, I'm going to sound like a coach here, but it probably comes down to winning the line of scrimmage. And winning the turnover battle, because if uh, you look at if Dave Dorn, I've got a stat here somewhere. Let me dig it up. Uh, when uh, NC State wins the uh, turnover margin, since 2014, the, the Wolfpack is 36-6 and six when winning it, 22-5 and five when breaking even, and 7-26 and 26 when losing it. So, uh, you know, what's, what's that tell you? And if you win the line of scrimmage, you're going to run the football and you're going to be less predictable and you're going to be able to uh, have third uh, down and manageable and not third and long. So those are the two things I think that are probably the, the biggest factors uh, in this game for, for State, winning the line of scrimmage and winning the turnover battle. And the Pack's done a pretty good job of that this year. They lead the ACC in interceptions. Uh, they're a, a team that's, again, got a defense, and I'm telling you, this defense is for real. And um, that's the strength of the team. Yeah, and, and that's been an area Syracuse has been uh, very good in as well, which is part of the reason they're 5-0. and they've, they've done very well when it comes to the turnover battle. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Gary, thanks so much for coming on. We do appreciate it. Uh, safe trip here, and we'll see you inside the Dome on Saturday. All right. Thank you. Great being with you. All right, uh, Gary Hahn, voice of the NC State Wolfpack. And with that, we will step aside. Phone lines back open if you want to check in. 315-437-7644. Mike Monaco, he'll be calling the game on Saturday. He'll join us at 1.30. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.